Welcome back to the TV Flashcast, Doctor Who edition. Um, I am your host, Jason Snell. I'm joined every week by a, a person or people occasionally, but mostly a person to talk about this week's Doctor Who. And this week, my guest is Serenity Caldwell. Hello. Hello. You just came off of a Doctor Who marathon, didn't you? I did. I, I've watched all of season nine so far wow. um, in the last few hours. Boom. Amazing. Yeah. So you got, we're not, now we're not here to talk about the, uh, the opening two-parter, but this is a season oh. of two-parters, so we're going to get to talk about part one of a two-parter. The next two-parter. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, and the, this is going to be a trend where part uh, part one, we're going to sit here and go, hmm, I wonder what it all means. Oh, well, <laughs> we won't find out for another week, and that happened again this time. Again. We got, so uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Under the Lake, Under the Lake, which, which is uh, by Toby Whitehouse, who has written... Um, a whole bunch of episodes of Doctor Who, actually. He wrote the School Reunion episode. He wrote the Vampires mm-hmm. of Venice. He wrote the God Complex, which is that creepy one in the, like, hotel with the, um, the Minotaur. Yeah. Serve him or and, something, yeah, something and, like that. Yeah, uh, and praise him. Praise, praise him, him. Praise him. And, uh, <laughs> and he wrote A Town Called Mercy where, uh, with uh, the, the cyborg sheriff uh, guy. Uh, yeah. And so he, Toby, Toby Whitehouse is back. Plus, he did like being human. The the that's uh, in the game. They, so, yeah, n- no one knows that. You know, British <laughs> British shows. But um, so so in this episode, we get a classic Doctor Who thing, which is the base under siege. This is your claustrophobic. It's in this case, it's a it's like a petroleum drilling whatever under the under under a lake that that is next to a collapsed dam that flooded a town like a long it's the time underwater ago. version of the rebel flesh <laughs> it, it it is it, it was reminiscent of that it reminded me a little bit of the uh in new series context i mean i guess cold war where they're in the sub is a lot a lot like it with the ice warriors but it really True. reminded me of the the satan pit where they're on the space base. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that is also, again, claustrophobic, base under siege. And in this case, it's an underwater base, and there are ghosts. Ghosts? Uh, Question mark, uh, exclamation point. Yeah, well, it's spooky, <laughs> October, it could be ghosts. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's I guess they're ghosts. There's a, a, a really nice... Uh, well, so first off, the ghost that they see is an alien because that's really funny. It's like, well, is oh, it a yeah. ghost? No, no, no. But it is an alien, and I believe it's one With of the top hat. Yeah, and I, I think these are the <laughs> aliens that were the the cowardly aliens that we saw in, um, or we saw the one of in the God Complex. I think it's, yes. it's meant to be the same race. So it's one of Toby Whitehouse's own own, own aliens that he invented. Um, and the doctor's like, no, 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 it's not a ghost. And then later, there's a pivot where he's like, hey. They are ghosts. Where, <laughs> yeah, where he goes kind of psychotic for a few minutes, being like, "Oh, they're ghosts! Oh my god, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean?" Uh, you guys should all leave. And and I'm I'm not entirely convinced that they're ghosts, right? I mean, but no. but it, but it's a funny moment to like get us to buy into the ghost concept. Is that we start with the doctor as being skeptical, and then he has that moment where he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm bought in," and uh, and that that is intended, I think, to make us all. I'll buy into the idea that maybe these are ghosts and what would that mean? And why are they, you know, and why are they using these ghosts? And, and, uh, it's interesting. So, um, yeah, it's uh, clearly, I think I saw an online, like a, like a web video clip from Stephen Moffat saying that the whole point here was that he wanted there to be ghosts because Doctor Who doesn't do ghosts very often. It does based on, based under siege a lot, but not ghosts very often. But what if we did ghost both based under siege? Alien ghost and, and human ghosts and, uh, and a base under siege all, um, 
all together. And so there's like spooky ghosts and there's spooky chases with ghosts. And there's a discovery that ghosts can't go into a Faraday cage, which I thought was yeah. kind of kind of a fun idea like that's their safety thing oh and the ghosts only come out at night but there isn't night under the lake there's, there's just day- night yeah there's day mode and night mode but they only come out in night mode that's hilarious it, it is it is it makes me think that it's some the underlying ghostness is some sort of electromagnetic hoobie-jubie because of the faraday cage and because of the oh yes day mode and night mode yeah. but still pretty ridiculous and, i also oh and ahead. the nuclear reactor i should mention oh yeah that's yeah, also just- also there's a nuclear reactor <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't have enough things nope. with, a, with an alien spaceship and a underwater city and mentions of unit yeah. and <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention that, that this whole thing starts with they dig up an alien spaceship at the bottom of the lake, which is like oh, it's haunted, woo! But maybe yep. it is. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe there's something far more nefarious going on. It's really hard to watch part one of a two parter and not try to. F- pick out the bits that are the that are not the red herrings but are the yeah. bits that are these strands that they're that are going to come back later because to do a good part one you need to plant all the seeds that will be paid off in part two without telegraphing how they're going to be used because that gives that that ends the fun of of what's going to happen in part two so the faraday cage and the day mode and the night mode and the are they ghosts or are they not ghosts or maybe they are ghosts or maybe they aren't and what's in the the spaceship and the spaceship is missing one of its power pods and the spaceship is missing uh the the uh the like life stasis yeah the stasis compartment for the for the pilot is and then there are strange hieroglyphs, which, which the TARDIS won't translate with his new sonic sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't decide whether I like or hate the sonic sunglasses, by the way. I think that's what Stephen Moffat wants you to think. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know. What am I yeah. seeing? Are you really keeping them? Really? I kind of love them, but I kind of hate them. Yeah. But I kind of love them. So it, we'll see. It's funny. I think they're <laughs> yeah. messing with us. I do, I oh, do yeah. think that I'm this, sure. is, this is, uh, you know, trolling the, trolling the audience a little bit. It's kind of funny, though, right? You it's just, the, well, it's it's this doctor's version of the th- of, of Tenant's 3D glasses is yeah. what it feels like to me. Yeah. Where it's he, like, remember when the doctor wore glasses? Wasn't that funny? He, he looks cool in them. He does. I, like, normally, I, uh, yeah. I, 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 so far, I'm really enjoying the season nine uh, dressing choices mm. of the doctor. It's a little, it's a little strange, but it, but it works. The hoodie, the t-shirt. The yeah. It's a, sunglasses. well, he's, he's going hipster grunge yep. a little bit, um, away from magician. And I, I, I kind of like it. And, but I, like, I'd hate it on anybody else, but it kind of works for, uh. So, um, some other things that happen early on, um, he gets in a socially awkward situation, and Clara points out that th- that they've Index got cards. they've got cards for this situation, and he goes through a bunch of them, and you see all of a, a bunch of his various apologies that he's got there before he comes on to the. Uh, I'm sorry about the death of your kid. friend or loved yeah. one or pet. <laughs> Thank you. Slash pet. Yep. Slash pet is the best. Yeah, I cracked up very, very hard at those index cards because it definitely, maybe not something for previous doctors, but definitely feels like something, oh, yeah, in my jacket, I'm just going to keep these, or maybe I'm just going to have Clara hang on to them and give me the appropriate card when necessary. Yeah, and and, and, it, and it implies that they've got this sort of agreement that he's he's agreed to go along with this, even though he finds it, it goes back to last Droll. year, right? Yeah, she, yeah. She's like, no, 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 we need to work on this. And he's like, well, okay, just... And maybe make me some cards and I'll, I'll like he, he's willing to go only so far. So it's like, just yeah. read the card. And 
Well, it's interesting because later in this episode, too, you've got the whole their exchange on the TARDIS where Clara's like, let's go, ghosts. And he's like, I I should tell you maybe you should stay here. Maybe, you know, because I care and because that's really important to me. Now, can I please stop? Yeah. It's well, a- I I think it's really interesting, especially since nobody other than the, the, the – there's the one guy from the oil company who dies. And, yes. and becomes a ghost. And there, at the very first scene, there's the, the the one guy who dies and becomes a ghost who's a ghost, the whole thing. But all these other people, you know, this is a this is a Seven Little Indians kind of setup here, right? It's mm-hmm. a horror story. You expect people to keep getting picked off. And although they're not dead by the end of it, I think it's really it's interesting. There's that scene where, well, yeah. And so there's a scene where the doctor's basically like, look, you should probably go. But I bet you want to stay. But you should probably go. And I thought that was a really interesting scene because a lot of times you can make the argument that the doctor is culpable in the deaths of the people who die around him during his adventures because mm. they're just really excited and they want to be there. But it's a come on, it's a horror story. They're all going to die and the doctor and the companions are going to get away. And so I thought it was really interesting that they have that scene. He's like, you should go, but you probably will be kicking yourself if you do because he's kind of convincing them to stay, but he's also kind of like giving himself freedom to from the guilt of it to say like, yeah. look, if you stay, it's your problem. It's not mine. I didn't make you stay even though he's assuaging himself. Of, yeah. Even yeah. though I think that's totally uh, invalid <laughs> because he is trying to get them to stay. But it's interesting that in the context of this, like, and, and he's, and, and his conversation with Clara, right? It's like, this is dangerous. We may not want to do this. Oh, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> My ghosts. Yeah, no, I mean, it, well, it's an interesting through line. I mean, obviously, we've only had three episodes so far and one and one half two-parter. But it's an interesting through line so far what the, you know, the way that the Doctor is playing with conscience or conscience in this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, so far we've gotten, we got a really great example of it in the first two-parter and we're seeing a little bit of it now, including... Uh, the end of this episode, which uh, which sees the Doctor and Clara kind of split up. Uh, they end up on opposite side of flood doors. And part of me wants to go and rewatch that again and see if it was oh. actually intentional. Isn't that always the way that, yeah. that you, you always have to split the party? You got to separate everybody. Um, uh, let's okay. So let me back up. I'm looking at my notes here. I just vaguely, we're, we're jumping around a little bit. Vaguely, we cro- are. chronologically. Um, when the ghosts come out at night and he's got the cards for every occasion, then he gets really excited about the idea that they really are ghosts. And I wrote down a line that I think is really funny because he's trying to work through – this is like the doctor saying, okay, I, I, I don't believe that there are ghosts, but – but what if there were? If there were, like if whatever remains, however improbable, must be the case. If there were, mm-hmm. then what would that mean? He goes through a whole litany of things and like, what would this mean? And how would this work? And what would they be trying to do? And he, he says, well, you could die. You'd come back a bit murdery, murdery but even so. Right? It's like, he's like, it's fine. you might kill people, but, you know, you'd be back. So that's good. I thought, yeah. I thought that was um, a funny little line in, in his trying to grasp this idea of like, well, what if there really were ghosts? Because he obviously was a non-believer and his has swung 180 degrees to be like, all right, let's say there goes. Let's yes. work it from that perspective because the the you know he's failed to come up with any other explanation of what they are. So we might as well call them ghosts. Yeah, you might as well start with ghosts and then weasel it out from there. Yeah, yeah, it seems seems reasonable. Um, we hear the TARDIS cloister bell. This are all, uh, this this actually kind of happened in in uh, the Satan Pit too, where where the TARDIS kind of doesn't want to be there. Um, 
and that we see Will Robinson occasionally. Danger. Yeah, like like we we first see the TARDIS. He he's outside looking at the TARDIS, saying, "Why do you not want to be here?" And then they, the TARDIS rings the cloister bell, and I think well, that usually that means like something is wrong, like physically wrong in the TARDIS. And in this mm. case, it's like no, the TARDIS is saying we should go. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I'm TARDIS uncomfortable. Like, maybe yeah, maybe this is not the place to have an adventure or to sa- and or to save right. people. But he thinks you- it's because the ghosts, because they're an aberration that they're he, he tries to come up with a timey-wimey kind of explanation for why the, the ghosts are like slices of time they're in the wrong place their energy that, that is happening after the people have died their aberrations and their unnatural but electromagnetic still. energy no yeah. it's you, which comes it's back like to that, ghosts right? in the library right it's the it's the it's the echo signatures right except this I'm time so they're man cold. they're man <laughs> they're manifesting oh so um another thing interesting about the ghosts is that the ghosts are moving their mouth all the way through um uh, they're saying things that we can't hear. But guess what? It just so happens that the commander of this expedition happens is deaf, to be deaf and has that's, a translator. That's such an interesting way of going about it. Because you could you could conceivably wave your hand and say, oh, yeah, the doctor, my my timey wimey sonic sunglasses translate all of that. And mm. I can le- I can read lips with all of this. But no, no, you, you actually incorporate someone who uses ASL and you even have that funny joke where the doctor's like, I, I know signs. No, I don't. I threw it out for semaphore. <laughs> Uh, but it, I, I imagine I like, it's not ASL. I imagine it's ESL, right? BSL, <laughs> British Sign Language. Oh, yeah, that's true. Perhaps. That's true. But I yes, um, yeah. What what is British? Yeah, is British Sign Language abbreviated BSL? Di- I, Things I, I do not know. Wikipedia says there is a thing called. I I don't know anything about this. But she's she's signing, and she is. and so you know that that she's going to be called on to read lips of the of these ghosts at some point. But it's also interesting to just have her there, and she's it's just sort of a natural thing. And the doctor tries to sign with her, and then says that he he has has lost his ability to sign, but he can do semaphore. So if you could just get him some flags, <laughs> uh, he can take care of that. But she does. Read read their lips eventually and she just does. and 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 lund who's in charge and and she says um that they're saying um what is it the the dark the sword the forsaken the temple the temple yeah which is su- which, super creepy super creepy and then gets a little <laughs> less creepy when you're like oh star constellations and then gets creepy again when you're like okay now we're going into the underwater village yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and well, and 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 uh, parallel with that is those symbols in the TARDIS that the TARDIS can't, or the symbols in the spaceship that the TARDIS can't translate. There are four of them, and the Doctor realizes that those must be the symbols for the Dark, the Sword, the Forsaken, and the Temple, and that they had this idea that they're, um, which is an interesting. This is one of the things I love about Doctor Who is these these like crazy sci-fi concepts out of the blue yeah. that come out of nowhere and that are are spoken in like super fast dialogue and like part of you wants to go with the adventure and part of you wants to stop and like wait a second what did you just say like these are earworms they're they're words that that create reality because they make the they make the mental connections in your mind in your brain they make these connections they wire your brain in a certain way and that changes the way you view reality and that's so by seeing the marks you change and then how you perceive reality it's crazy just a crazy idea um and and uh 
and that's it's just kind of tossed off. I mean, it's a cool scene, but but you know, it's not like the whole episode is built around it. It sort of builds to it, but um, I, I do love that that idea, and it, and it's super scary too, right? Because it's like Absolutely. this is a thing we don't understand, and we've never seen it before, and the Doctor hasn't even seen it, and he can't read it. We're all playing. We're playing with themes from previous Doctor Who seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea that something that's imprinted upon your brain that you don't remember consciously but shows up afterwards or shows up where you're least expecting it is basically the silence. Except now, this you know, you have it in crazy subconscious verbal uh, verbal usage. Yeah, and or, the God complex too. Where, yeah, that's where, true. Where where you have that where they the um, they keep uh, getting sort of infected by this kind of like faith virus thing that preys on the yeah because the because the the Minotaur is stealing the 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 faith away that's right that's right yeah so it's um that that whole sort of subsection of oh there are these hieroglyphs that i can't decipher but they must mean this the the temple is referring to where that that place the stasis pod is located right right in the church of the flooded town that the base is built on my well okay so this is where it gets really weird right i'm trying to sort of hypothesize into into part two Mm -hmm. Um, if the if it was basically a distress signal, the stasis pod ended up in that in that crate or in the frozen lake or in the frozen lake, the underwater uh, the village, flo- the flooded village, yeah, the, flo- the flooded village, yeah. When when do they have when who writes the symbols? How do mm. they get? Yeah, it's, it's that, well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so so here's the other funny thing about this. So so I think we've talked about a lot of what's in this episode up to the point where. They're running. I, I guess we should mention. I really enjoyed the chase scene where it's un. It, I think it's basically unstated, but like it's not. The doctor is going to have them all as bait to move the ghosts around. It's like Pac Man, right? There, yeah. there are corridors and there are ghosts. <laughs> oh my god, it is Pac Man. It's they're, essentially Pac Man. There are corridors yes. and there are ghosts, and he's got the people, and the people are going to run in various configurations to pull the ghosts where they want to go because they want to put the ghosts in a very in a very particular location. And Clara is one of the people who's bait, which I felt like was un said but it was sort of like it would not be cool if the, these two vis- visitors show up but they don't put themselves in peril yeah so she's in peril along with a couple of the other people she wants to have some peril fun too sure that's true and so they chase them around and the one guy gets uh gets spotted and the ghost comes in but doesn't kill him which is which is also a one of those things that's just hanging out there but mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that because that was just a fun from a from a uh, an action perspective. I, it was it was that was an exciting set of scenes, and they used their sets. They built this big underwater base set, and they used it for that that big ghost chase. And I, I it didn't feel like padding to me. It felt like a lot of uh, like a fun, exciting, and spooky kind of uh, few minutes. Absolutely. Well, it, so I thought that it was interesting um, from a you know from a timing perspective that the uh, the scientist essentially gets saved. But I'm I'm now curious because it's it's not like the ghost didn't have a weapon. We specifically see that he the has ghost a wrench. Picks up, yeah, he picks up the wrench using fancy ghost powers yeah. of being able to pick up metal and goes for the hit and then stops. Yeah. And then drops the wrench and, and floats away, almost walks away. And that's not quite right. <laughs> um, so I. I'm sure this will come back later, but I'm so curious as to you know, and I mean in the very beginning we see the the ghosts basically kind of nonchalantly interacting with Clara and the doctor and not actually being violent until they enter the spaceship and presumably see the hieroglyphs. Yes. Which they said before that 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 you know they brought us to the spaceship and then they tried to kill us. 
Um, I want. Have we seen the ghosts try and chase anybody who hasn't been in the spaceship? I was trying to remember if the space if the scientist had been in the spaceship or not. Oh, I don't know. Isn't isn't it just? I I, I think it maybe is just Lund who hasn't been in the spaceship. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Because I was I was just thinking about it. I'm like they didn't start chasing Clara the doctor until, or they didn't start threatening Clara the doctor until they'd been in the spaceship. Right, and, they they, do, and, they show up and see the ghosts, and they're like, yeah. hey, it's ghosts. And then the ghosts come up to yeah. them and right. then say some things, but don't actually attack them until after they've been inside the spaceship. Right. So, okay. It's, it's, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm going off on Red Herring Land, but I'm, I'm like, hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there, there's something, this is, this is the beauty of the two-parter, is that you, you, get, you get a whole uh, week to kind of churn on what you saw and what, what it might mean. Speculation. So, <laughs> at the end... Um, the the nuclear it's Chekhov's nuclear reactor <laughs> as we know we we're told that there's a nuclear reactor early on so of course there is a nuclear reactor incident that it, the, ghosts the ghosts are blamed are for with the time and so they flood the base because that's how you you know cool the cool down. the rods or whatever so they're going to flood the base and and, and it, it's it's a it it's a mechanism to make the plot drive forward which is they got to get to the tardis which i actually really like cuz in so many of these that the tardis is almost forgotten or it's or it's sidelined and here it's like well that's our lifeboat we need to get yep. to the tardis for reasons that we're going to see in a minute. Um, but, but uh, oh, those automatically closing doors close right before Clara and a couple those of people pesky doors. can get there, right? Um, and the Doctor's on the other side. But at least to that, a really nice thing. Again, it's something that we've sort of seen in a couple different Doctor Who episodes before. They're separated. The water's flooding up. He's saying, you know, you trust me, don't you, Clara? This is going to be fine. Um, but I'm going to, I have to take the TARDIS and I'm going to go back in time because this is all about what happened in that town and what happened when the, when the spaceship landed. Because the funny thing about this whole episode is it's all almost like inside a footnote of another Doctor Who episode, which Mm -hmm. is at some point in the past, the, the dam broke at some point in the past, the town flooded at some point in the past, a spaceship was down here at some point in the past, the, the pod from the spaceship was taken and put in the church. church. Of all things. So at the very end of the episode, finally, the doctor's like, okay, the only way this is going to make sense is if we go back in time and find out what happened when all of that happened. Let's just hop in our DeLorean and go back in time. <sighs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, I and, and we get that a little bit from the preview of next week episode where we see the doctor in the clearly unflooded town sort of investigating. and the, Yeah, yeah. So also, this, th- yeah. Th- this is – so it turns out, I think – that what we've seen is, th- th- I mean, this is the trick of this two-parter. What makes this two-parter unlike other two-parters is it's part two, um, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, they're telling the story backwards uh-huh. essentially. And, which and is the solution lovely. to the problem is you need to see how this started. And so the doctor and the two other people from the base are going to go back in time and find and, and have this whole other story um, that that explains explains the cliffhanger and also it presumably explains and resolves the story because of course the cliffhanger is that clara looks outside after the doctor leaves and floating out in the water is the ghost of the doctor which is super scary and that's a great wearing the sunglasses wearing the sunglasses (laughs) and he's a ghost now um 
And and I think that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, the doctor is not going to die. So so either he's not really a ghost or they're not ghosts, right? They're something yeah. else. And, and, and for him to figure this out and solve this, he has to do whatever it is that turns them into whatever they are to solve this problem. But all the answers seem to have been in the past, which is, I, I think it's a cute, fun idea that... Um, now that we've seen the result of what happens, now we get the doctors going back to experience what happened and probably influence what happened to lead to this situation. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a little bit different than past two parters mm-hmm. where you kind of the entire two parter takes place in the single set in the single area. Whereas this we are really getting two distinct stories that have a, a genuine link to each other. And also we're going to get the second the second two parter where the second half of it, Clara and the doctor are split yeah. and spending time with separate parties, which I also think is really, again, really interesting so far. And I don't know if that will continue to be a theme this season, but I find it interesting that two back-to-back two-parters are setting it up so that Clara and the Doctor are very much separated and very much have to go on different but parallel adventures. And she's, I mean, she's been established from last year that she's, you know, she can do the Doctor. She can be as good as the the Doctor at his job. And so, you know, there's some of that at play here. I do wonder maybe if there's some scheduling things, too, where this is one of the ways that they can shoot these episodes in the time allotted instead of doing Mm -hmm. like the Doctor Light episodes and the, you know, Companion Light episodes is you have a bunch of episodes where there are a whole bunch of scenes with one and a whole bunch of scenes with the other and um, but also I wonder this whole season is, is if not two parters interlinked pairs. And so I think this is interesting too, that maybe what this season is doing is playing with the whole concept of what a two part episode is. And so the first, the first two parter was fairly traditionally, they were pretty, they pretty much followed one on the other. The tone was a little bit mm-hmm. different, but, but these they're doing, they're playing it backward. And I wonder if we're going to see other similar kind of weird pairs this year where, um, where you know what our expectations of what a two-part episode is, which is just an you know extra long story with a with a break in the middle, a with a week long break, yeah, exactly, right? Maybe is it, you know playing against that. Um, also, because they built this nice set, and I thought, well, you know, next week they'll use the set too. And by the end, I thought, well, I'm sure we'll there'll be some scenes here next week, but there's obviously going to be a whole bunch of stuff that we haven't seen yet. That's also going to be next week. That's that that that's the town. That's the village. I love it. I um I think one of the one of the things that Doctor Who does extraordinarily well and extraordinarily poorly at times is play with the notion of time and storytelling. Uh, and when they succeed, they succeed brilliantly. And when they fail, they tend to at least fail gloriously too. Where it's like even if it doesn't work, it's a it's a it's not half-assed. It's they're just like we're going to jump full throttle into this, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And so I like I I'm really curious how they're going to to do the rest of these two parters. I think that it's a it's a really neat idea that they're experimenting with more of them. It it seems to it reminds me a little bit of that the the last Russell T Davies uh, season was all miniseries was all oh those spe- the specials the, right the specials yeah the year of specials. It and the last, me- the last half season with the ponds in it was all those standalone, like, high-concept episodes, like mm-hmm. The Town Called Mercy and The Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. That was also like, what if we did all one-parters? <laughs> Absolutely. All, yeah, all one-parters with extraordinary sets. Yeah. And this this reminds me of another iteration of that. Uh, but it'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty psyched to see what, uh, what Moffat and company are going to do 
um, and also whether or not we see we see more more experimentation with keeping the Doctor and Clara apart. We see more recurring characters like Missy, like Davros, pop up here and there. It's 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 fun. It's uh it's so far you know three episodes in. I think uh, this is shaping up to be a pretty pretty good Doctor Who season. The cliffhangers are. Very much, I want to see what's next without being annoying. Right. I feel like we've had we've had two part Doctor Who episodes before where it's just like, okay, I guess we have to end this for commercials, and now wait a week. And these these very much feel deliberate. Like we're building up to a certain climax, and it's going to be satisfying, mostly as a standalone, but also leave you wanting just a little bit more and leave you wanting to know leave you wanting to know how it all resolves also uh part one i and i i know when i uh did the tv podcast about the the um the first episode of this season you know some people felt like um maybe there wasn't quite enough in part one and that that you know the whole idea was that and this happened in classic doctor who all the time where where part one they wanted to end on the revelation of the monster and so you'd have a first part that was kind of meandery and kind of fillery and maybe it set some tone, but it was sort of like there wasn't a lot of content in there. It was really to get to the cliffhanger. I didn't feel that way about Under the Lake. I felt like there was no. a lot packed in here. And although not a lot is resolved, there was just so much atmosphere and tension and spookiness. And and I, I felt like the base people, the, the 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 crew on the base were interesting and not just They're fleshed out enough, not yeah. just complete like cardboard cutout people who are going to get killed off one by one. That um that. I don't feel unfulfilled from having watched part one. And instead, I just feel like, wow, that was a really cool world uh, and setting. And and I I really wonder what happens next. Yeah, let's go play in it. And let's see if the conclusion is as satisfying as the build. Right. Well, I do. I do think it's interesting. You know, we were talking about two parters and and the especially the first part. I feel like that's been a trap that both Russell T. Davies and Stephen Moffat have fallen into before. Um, and looking at the first episode versus this third episode, I do think that they're at least what seems to be the goal of the first parts of their two-parter is setting world and setting tone and dropping hints here and there that if you're clever enough or if you're paying enough attention, you can kind of pull out and link to the two-parter that's coming. I think that this one definitely did a better job of setting the scene, as you said, than the than the first half. Yeah, the first I, half the first the first episode. I almost feel like. Uh, the- and I wish maybe that this episode had played with this a little bit more, but I like the idea of an episode that is the doctor trying to solve a problem and he gets to the end and says, I can't solve this here. And that's essentially what happens at the end. I feel like it almost wanted, I almost wanted a little more abject failure where he, where he realizes like, I can't win here. Mm-hmm. I need to use this. Uh, I need to use the TARDIS and go back and figure out how this is. And but I, it does feel like this this scenario is explored to the point where uh, we've got it's all come to a head. They're flooding the base, and he's got a he's got to run away because he can't solve it here. Also, I would say in a different context of Doctor Who, where um, you know, one of the hallmarks of Stephen Moffat's era, especially, is play, doing stories that are about time travel. Mm-hmm. Not not stories where the TARDIS is a conveyance that takes you to a place to tell an interesting story, but that like the TARDIS and t- and time travel in general is part of the story. I feel like in an era, if this story was being told in an era when that wasn't going on all the time, this ending would be that much greater. Because I love the idea of having it get to the end of the episode and having the Doctor be like, "We've got to go back. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go back." Um, 
we need to find out what happened in that village. That's the only solution here. And it's it's still kind of cool, but I, I think it would be a lot cooler if it didn't seem to happen every week that time travel ends up being the thing that solves the plot. Yeah. But I also really like time travel as the thing that solves the plot. It can so be okay it can it. be fun. I just I it would be it would just be that much more amazing as a as a twist, I think. If I mean it is laying out there the whole episode. It's like, well, a spaceship came down a while ago, but we're not gonna explain how that happened or what's going nah. on. You know. <laughs> And then suddenly it's like, okay, we need to do that. We need to go back and look at that again. But still, I like that. I like the idea that at the end of this episode, essentially, it's not a solvable problem from the current perspective. And the the only answer, not, they aren't just running to the TARDIS because they need it as refuge. The Doctor realizes he's got to go back in time. There's no other solution to this problem. That's neat. Love it. Yeah, it is really neat. And yeah, it might be it might be slightly more effective if we didn't have things like the time heist and everything else uh, right. in the past. But still, still a pretty satisfying episode. I'll I agree. Say. I agree. And as, yeah, and as as I said, as somebody who uh, who just watched all three episodes back to back, I feel like we're going up the roller coaster rather mm. than like usually. I feel like the third episode of Doctor Who is sometimes a major letdown. You know, where it's uh, I'm thinking of the the medic ship from a couple seasons oh, yeah. back yeah yeah the pirates the pirates yeah yeah, yeah well pirates. you ratchet it up for the the super exciting awesome uh, season premiere the finale or the the premiere and, and then, then it just it's like all right and now we do monster of the week right and i was going into this um especially clara's opening with like oh yes i want adventure i'm like oh great monster i'm not a huge fan of monsters of the week stories i like the genre you know the genre rich stuff a lot more um, and this is this is a monster of the week story that actually caught me and sold me because it has, I don't know, maybe it is the time travel aspect. Maybe it is just it. It feels meatier than your average monster of the week story. Yeah, I agree. So thumbs up uh, for now. But of course, we mm. won't really know the rest. I <laughs> Tentative think. thumbs up. Yep. I enjoyed this half. I did, too. I did, too. I, I look forward to to seeing part one <laughs> <laughs> and the resolution of part two. <laughs> in part two <laughs> next week because uh, they're 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 funny like that um so yeah okay i think unless there's anything more you'd like to talk about i think we've reached the, the end of our coverage of this no i i feel like we have covered mm. we have covered the surface of the lake we have drowned the topic <laughs> all that is left is for us to go back in time and find out what happened beneath the surface of the lake and before the that. flood Next week. <laughs> next week. So so everybody out there, join us again next week. Before the Flood is the next episode. So that pretty much gives away. We, we will be going to the village before the flood. I'll be joined from Bonnie Old Scotland by uh, our good friend James Thompson to break down before the flood. So we're Oh, going, that will be delightful. We'll get some Scottish <laughs> accents on. Won't that be nice? Uh, until then, uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening to the TV Flashcast of Doctor Who. We will see you next week. Peace, guys. Peace, guys.